When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Cracking the code on how you can drive business results and customer connection. Equipping you to acquire, engage, and retain customers, inspiring lasting loyalty across mobile, web, apps, and more. Welcome to Mobile Presence. Hosted by analyst, author, and top 30 mobile marketing influencer, Peggy Ann Sauls. Thanks, Ricky, and a very merry welcome to you all today on our best of show, ringing in the holidays and providing you a blueprint for personal and professional growth in the new year and beyond. We kick off with a look back at the mobile heroes, marketers recognized for their amazing accomplishments by Liftoff, a mobile app marketing and retargeting platform, and boy, can they pick them. It was tough to limit it to just two since they are the shows that are amongst the most popular here on mobile presence so i settled on shows that can help you get out of your comfort zone in the new year try something new try new approaches experiment to get the best results for yourself for your business so we kick off with a deep dive into how you can diversify your channels i talk with kate palmer director of growth at stash a personal finance and investing app helping more than 4.5 million americans save bank and invest and kate names the channels that offer opportunities so listen in Today, it's all about decreasing stress, which is probably good news because you as a marketer must be feeling it. I mean, it's in these times, right? It's when you have to get big results on a small budget. Now, how do you do that? How do you do that is by avoiding mistakes from the get-go, and you need to know what to avoid. You need to know how to diversify, and these are some tough questions, yes, but we get straight answers from a mobile hero who has been there and done that. Her career has covered all sides of digital and mobile advertising. She was in an agency, vendor, client, and now consultant, and now, of course, something very different, director of growth at Stash. So bring it on, Kate Palmer. Welcome to the show, and great to have you here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Okay, so I said that you're a mobile hero. That gives us some background. We know you're at Stash. That's another big point. But for people who don't know exactly what it means to be director of growth at Stash, what's your daily routine like? Sure. So I oversee all paid acquisitions. So I am in charge of running all of our any campaign that we are putting dollars behind. I manage a team of four really incredible people. And between the five of us, we're probably managing almost 100 campaigns mm -hmm. at this time that span across many, many different channels. And every day we are just continually strategizing on how we can drive 
more users more efficiently. And that's probably a good reason why you've written about diversification, you know, all of those channels. That's what's in your blog. And we'll get to that because I thought it was great. I thought it was great sort of like reverse psychology. It wasn't like you need to do these three things. No, this is what you need to avoid. That motivates us to try and understand what that is. Um, I talked a bit about small business, you know, not small business necessarily, but really all marketers, I guess, and agencies are squeezed, right? I mean, you have to do more with less. And one of the things that you're highlighting in your blog is diversification. Um, I'm just curious what you think the benefit of that is in, in a nutshell, because it makes sense. You spread budget around, but what do you, what should you, well, I wouldn't say promise yourself, but as a marketer, what should you expect? I think it's really easy when, you know, you get notice from above that your budget is now less than what it was previously. I think it's really easy in order to stay within that budget to just pick one channel and, Mm -hmm. you know, like one of your better performing channels and just funnel all of your budget through that one channel. But the problem with that is that if that, you know, when you are spending all of your money in one place, if that campaign has a bad day, you have a bad day. And so your performance will vary, you know, can vary pretty significantly day over day. And you really don't want those swings. I mean, it's not, it's not helpful to your bottom line. And it's obviously going to like raise a lot of questions internally. And, you know, no one needs that kind of stress. So when you take your budget and you spread it out over maybe your top five performing channels, you're alleviating your risk of bigger swings day over day. You're able to continue to increase your number of users with minimal impact to your bottom line, because you can just continually reallocate budget within those campaigns, you know, funneling it towards the most efficient channels for that day. We're going to talk about how to find more efficient channels, you know, and diversify really. But at, a, at, a, at another level, you know, you mentioned that when they have a bad day, so Facebook, you know, Google, what have you, they have a bad day, you have a bad day. And that's a lot of questions that get asked. But there's also a lot of questions that get asked earlier on when you're maybe telling someone, you know, you're telling uh, someone at sea level, hey, I'm going to diversify. It's like, whoa, wait a second. You know, everyone's on, on, I'll just name it Facebook. I'm not trying to disrespect them, but, you know, everyone's, but everyone's there. This is not a time for experimentation. You know, we are in the era of COVID-19. Stick to what you're doing. Stick to one channel. I mean, what would be your reaction? What would be your answer to that? Because I'm sure a lot of marketers are going to run into that maybe more now than ever. Oh, absolutely. Um, My response to that is sure, but that's what everybody else is doing right now. So Mm -hmm. if everybody cuts out, you know, the majority of their portfolio and just starts funneling all of their budget into Facebook and Google, all of our costs are going to go up. And I mean, that at the end of the day, that's not beneficial for anybody. So my response to them is, you know, we can find much more efficient traffic at scale in other places. Okay. So we overcome the herd mentality. We convince our boss and we're saying, okay, let's do it. Let's really do it. Let's, let's let go of preconceived notions. Let's experiment. Um, it's exciting, you know, to do something different, but do you have any sort of to do's or not to do's while you're moving in that direction? Because, you know, it's gotta be a sort of thing where you make, you, you do a campaign, you see, what the metrics tell you, and then you decide double down, decrease, switch off altogether. And those are a lot of questions to ask there, but maybe there are some just some you know rules of thumb to guide us through that. So let's just say I'm experimenting. How many should I go for? 
Um, it really depends on the size of your budget. But when you do okay. start to diversify, there are a few things that I um, that I tell my team over and over again, you know, never take no for an answer. If you want to launch a new a campaign with a new vendor that you've never you know, run with before, if they say, oh, we can only run this on a cost per install basis. But meanwhile, you're running all of your other cam campaigns on a cost per down funnel event, you know, a CPA campaign. Don't mm -hmm. take no for an answer. They can do it. They just don't want to do it because they're obviously going to make more money on a CPI campaign. So that's number one. Never take no for an answer. Make sure you're always negotiating, you know, to mitigate the most risk for you up front. And then the other the, the other biggest tip I can give is just there is no such thing as set and forget in the mobile industry. You need to be 100% on top of all of your performance across every campaign at all times. If someone comes to you and say, it says, hey, you know, what's the CPA on campaign X? You should be able to, you know, give that answer right off the top of your head. Um, you always need to be optimizing these campaigns. You can't just let it run and then, you know, after 30 days say, well, this didn't work. No, you need to be proactive. You need to be in there adjusting bids, blacklisting site IDs. You know, you need to be in there updating creative. You, you need to be in there and be proactive and you should never just rely on, you know, the, the vendor itself to, um, to do all of the optimizations for you because that's not beneficial to anybody. And I love that not taking no for an answer. I, I didn't realize I'm not a marketer, right, Kate? So I didn't realize that, you know, you can still get sort of get that brush off because basically oh, totally. they want to earn more or it's just more problem. You know, they don't want the they don't want the heavy lifting. Absolutely. And, you know, sometimes it's not even about the heavy lifting, but, you know, on their end, they want to get as much learnings as possible. So they want to run the campaign in a way where, you know, it's going to be basically just casting a very wide net which is great for them, you know, they're going to learn a lot quicker, but then it's worse for you because you're going to be super inefficient most of the time for the mm -hmm. first couple of weeks. Just a quick one for you. Is there a channel that has you, you know, totally interested or totally on your radar? Because we're telling people to diversify and we're going to dig into some places where they need to be going, but maybe there's one that just really is, is hot now for you. Well, I'm, I, since I came to Stash, I have been pretty excited about our affiliate content channel. This is something that I didn't have a lot of experience before I came to Stash, but it is amazing. It's basically, you know, you're creating these partnerships with other companies uh, for, you know, like Penny Hoarder, Finance Buzz. You're creating content with these partners and they're running, you know, reviews of your company or put, make, putting you in a listicle you know, mm -hmm. top 10 finance apps, top 10 apps for investing or for online banking. Um, you know, so for the user, I mean, you, the users that come through on this channel are so much more qualified because they have a, a very strong idea of what your company does and what you have to offer by the time they enter the onboarding funnel. And so we have really been having a lot of fun over the last couple of months, really growing this channel at Stash. That is fascinating. That's the first I've heard of that too. I expected, oh, you know, Quora, whatever, Reddit, you know, because they are amazing channels with amazing results. I mean, I've heard a lot and seen a lot, but but content through affiliate and sort of like more power to content marketing. Now that's an exciting shortcut. More from the Liftoff Mobile Heroes Best of 2020 series here on Mobile Presence. We'll be right back after the break. Mobile Presence, sponsored by CleverTap, a leading engagement and retention platform, will be back after this message. 
Here's the truth you need to know about podcasting. The biggest problem you face right now as a future podcaster is the myth that it takes an enormous amount of time or effort to produce a high-quality professional podcast. Luckily for you, there's a solution to your problem. If you're an online marketer who really needs to grow an audience of buyers but can't do all the heavy lifting alone, then here's the solution you're looking for. Introducing the DFY Podcasting System. Here's what you get. 30 minutes of one-on-one training. A weekly podcast for you or your company. Distribution to almost every podcast portal. An embeddable player for your website. An ebook called How to Podcast, created for WMR.FM show hosts. And much, much more. And best of all, you'll start seeing results with the DFY podcast system within a couple of weeks. You're just one podcast away from growing brand awareness and engagement in your business. Log on to podcast.wmr.fm and sign up for a deeply discounted rate today. That's podcast.wmr.fm. Welcome back to Mobile Presence on wmr.fm. Here is your host, Peggy Ann Sauls. Welcome back to Mobile Presence and our best of series continues spotlighting the liftoff mobile heroes that excel in marketing. Now we catch up with Oliver Wang. He is a senior growth manager at Elevate Labs, a company on a mission to improve people's minds. Oliver shares some great tips to help small teams and startups do more with less budget. It's what we all want to hear at this time of the year. So listen in. We talked about that a little bit, but how do you get your team to stand behind that? I mean, uh, is it getting um, the right size team, the right mix of talents. You know, it's one thing if you have the will to succeed in a startup, it's another if you get the team to do the same. Yeah, definitely. Um, That's an area that that I'm still trying to learn and improve at. But I think Mm -hmm. it, uh, like you mentioned, it really starts with who uh, you're kind of um, deep in the trenches with. And I think most startups, uh, just even before the team is even assembled, it's setting your mission, your values, and your expectations for any new hire you bring on to make sure that whoever joins, enters those company doors is going to be the right fit. And once you kind of have that team assembled, um, hopefully everybody there is going to be mission driven uh, because that is really what's gonna get people to step up and take things to the next level is if they're truly passionate about your product. Um, And then from a more practical perspective, especially when it comes to user acquisition, um, and how it fits in inside a bigger org. I think one thing that I'm always trying to do is set the right expectations from the get-go as to what user acquisition is and what we need to be successful. And an example of that is, for example, um, user acquisition, we work a lot with creative teams um, and design teams to get ads up, up and running. And oftentimes, if, you're, if it's a new, uh, brand new org, your creative stakeholders may not know exactly what user acquisition is and how to best work with that team. So if you want to get the most mileage and most productivity out of both sides, it'll be great to have a kind of level setting conversation as to this is what user acquisition does. This is why we need creative a certain way. And that kind of really feeds into the expectation setting and it sets the tone for everything else that comes down the road. Um, And what you want to avoid is kind of having to double back uh, you know, a few months or a year into the, any relationship and have to level set again and change uh, expectations. So an early conversation can fix a lot of that um, as, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, getting that team to be super inspired and passionate about the product always helps too. So how, how many do you have on your team, by the way? 
Ooh, uh, shoot, where are we at now? I think we're at, you know, 30 uh, or 40 folks now. Uh, okay. When I joined, we were in All right. Like, so that's not, that's not super tiny. I remember reading a couple, well, now it's a couple years ago, but it was like, you know, when people were just really flexing their muscles in, in UA, if they had 15 people, they thought they had it made. So, so that's, that's, that's considerable. Um, anything you do to sort of keep it, you know, we talk about keeping everyone motivated and they're passionate, but how about keeping it fun? How do you keep it fun? Yeah, um, I think every day, like, you know, we've, I've been working on the LV app for about a year and a half now. And uh, when it comes, when you working on one app for a long time, uh, you know, steady state buying for an app is going to be different than launching new apps all the time. But as you work on one product, uh, it kind of ages like wine where you just know more and more about the product and every new conversation you have with a new partner or every, every new marketing campaign you're running, you just kind of know that playbook better and better. And there's a certain fluidity and flow that comes with that that makes every subsequent campaign a little bit more fun. And uh, I guess what I mean by that is nowadays when I talk to a new partner, um, I just know the app like the back of my hand and I can mm -hmm. start to do things that are a little more creative that push the envelope a little more. Whereas if I were you know, doing something with say a new app or something I'm not as familiar with, I would still be a little more hesitant, a little more risk adverse. Uh, but I feel like the longer that I've been working on something, the more I can be creative. And that's always helps spice things up. You also have to be creative when you're working with your external partners. You know, you have to um, position yourself because they're going to look at it as a, as not a small fish, but you're not the size you know, you're not the organization with the huge budget, but you're, you know, you're a formidable, have to be dealt with startup with, you know, a very talented team, but still you have to negotiate. You have to get their attention and get above all the deals that you deserve. How do you approach that? Because that's a lot of creativity right there. Yeah. And that, that has been an area that has, it's been the most challenging and the most subtle in terms of how I've approached it and learned along the way. You know, like I mentioned earlier, our, the, our company is about you know, 30, 40 folks. Um, and then our UA team today is two, two people. Mm -hmm. When I joined, I was, I was a team of one. And wow. when you're talking to other uh, external partners, they're going to uh, kind of change their tone if they're, whether they're talking to your you know, director of growth versus your campaign manager versus whoever it is. Um, and just from the get-go, when I'm stepping into a conversation as the only UA person, sometimes I've noticed that other partners are trying to gauge, you know, what is the type of you know, what authority does this person have? You know, how much uh, stake do they have in decision-making? How do they level set their conversations um, from the get-go? And that has been an area of, of challenge because when I was at Nexon, you know, a giant, giant team, most partners already know what this company is about, how much, you know, how much budget you're spending. Um, mm -hmm. and they can go into it with a certain level of, uh, I guess, assuredness that you're going to spend a lot of money. And that at the end of the day is honestly what it's going to be about when it comes to these relationships. And when you're a startup, they don't give you the benefit of the doubt. Um, oftentimes it's going to be assumed that you're not going to have a big treasure chest to just start blowing money out of the water. Um, and with that, the reality is that you might not get the best account management or the most amount of resources and Mm -hmm. Folks aren't going to uh, kind of give you the benefit of that. So I came into that with kind of a chip on my shoulder. Mm -hmm. I can recall, you know, early on one conversation I had with a you know, major ad network that I had worked with at Nexon. I reached out to the same rep again when I was at Elevate. I said, hey, I'm working on this new app now. would love to get a test going. And after the intro call, I just got radio silence. They 
Wow. Frankly, didn't want to work with me because they didn't spend a lot of money. Um, That's not smart on their part, (laughs) is it? I mean, it, it, it really is. um, It's because it's also about staying with a partner. Do they, do they see that maybe if they invest, they will also have you, you know, sort of, more more in relationship building actually yeah um and you know i didn't take it personally it's just the reality of um just account management and just these relationships if if you're a bigger partner who's spending a lot of money you're going to get more attention um but the way i kind of uh, internalize that is you know this is the reality of uh, what you have to deal with when you're a smaller company you have to kind of fight for what you get um and the way you get to get that is by kind of proving out that, hey, we, we do have a compelling product. We, we do have uh, you know, strong metrics. We, we are going to grow our account. And um, stemming from that conversation, we, uh, you know, usually when you work with a new partner with, in the case of an ad network, you want to be on a managed service. You want to get a lot of help setting things up. Um, you want to put your best foot forward. And the way you do that is to you know, get a lot of resources and bandwidth from your partner. In this case, you know, when you don't have that uh, a leg up to begin with. I, I just went the self-serve route. I s- spun up some campaigns on my own. I just started spending and lo and behold, a few months into it, you know, we're growing, we're thriving, metrics look good. Um, and from there you become, um, it's, it, it becomes very unambiguous, just, you know, where you stand, you know, if your budgets are growing then no. you cannot be ignored. And that is, you know, eventually we're not, you know, we're now, you know, back having weekly calls with this partner, we're growing, we're thriving. And, um, it was a humbling experience for sure, but a really, really valuable experience um, for me to have. And that's also valuable advice right there, because it's like, you know, it's basically show, don't tell. You know, if I want to tell someone I've got I've got these uh, plans, I want to do these tests. No, you dive right in there as you as as is your personality here, Oliver, you know, just let me at it. Going to hustle. I'm going to take the self-serve platform. Pro, you know, I'm going to use that product. I'm going to do my thing and just, you know, by process of showing what you can do, get on that, you know, stand your ground, as we said before, you know, how do you negotiate? I think maybe by doing. Exactly. And I think there is an element of kind of selling where mm-hmm. when I was at Nexon, I didn't have to really think about that because vendors are just lining up at your door trying to buy for your uh, attention. At a you know smaller company, that's kind of n- not as much the case. Where obviously people always want to work with you, but they're not rushing at they're not knocking at your door um, because a lot of folks just don't know about you. So now, what in a lot of conversations, like I try to sell a little bit. You know, I spent actually my first job out of college was at an agency where that was a big learning. Where you know you just have to constantly be selling, even if you're not the account executive, even if you're not the salesperson. Um, and that works itself subtly into conversations and negotiations you have with your partners. You want them to know, um, you know, we're not just a company who's, you know, spending a few bucks to test a campaign. We're a company, you know, especially in our case, we're a series V co- company. We're backed by Sequoia. We're trying to grow X amount this year. We have this you know, new products and features coming down the pike. And you want to get your partners excited about your story and about what you're capable of. That's a wrap for this year and what a year it has been. Thank you all for listening, reading, sharing, and supporting my content throughout 2020. Your chat, your interaction on social, in email, it has been a bright light in a strange and difficult year for many. 
And on behalf of our producers, Ricky, Brasco, everyone here at WMR.FM, from me as well, personal, heartfelt, best wishes to you all. Keep well, stay safe, and we'll see you soon. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.